Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everyone, to the Go247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, the senior writer with the site. Uh, joined once again by Dylan Sanders, our contributing writer. Uh, Dylan, how's it going, man? It was a pretty late night, I think, for all of us, but especially for those who had to drive to and from the game. Uh, LSU and Southern had a probably close to 200,000 people and the traffic absolutely showed it. But uh, you want to expand a little bit about your, uh, about your, your driving uh, yesterday? Yeah, it was, it was awful. I left my house in central. So about 25 minutes ish away from Tiger stadium uh, at, at around like four, I'd say to get to LSU. And I got there at about like six fifteen. <laughs> uh do traffic on Nicholson. They they were talking. They, I rewatched uh, the first half of the game last night, and they were actually re. They were mentioning the traffic on the uh, on the broadcast. Yeah. Like they're like they mentioned how long it took them to get off of Nicholson, <laughs> um, yeah. which is really funny. And yeah, it was it was it was insane. Yep there were there were lots of text messages and phone calls between me and Dylan for about two <laughs> hours there on whether or not he'd get to the game in time. But and and those were all in a two mile radius, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. is yeah. which is funny. But uh, you know, it was a good. It was overall, you know, a good night. Uh, a much easier night to talk about LSU winning by fifty than losing by one point. Yeah. Uh, and overall, college football yesterday was insane. Oh, yeah. um, I don't know if you saw last night with uh, Baylor BYU, mm-hmm. the four straight missed kicks or whatever it was was insane. Mississippi State Arizona played the most random game at that ended at two in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get into some of the big college games from yesterday, but. Uh, we definitely want to uh, start off with the the one in, in Death Valley last night. LSU wins sixty five to seventeen. Um, before we get into it, though, just make sure you guys are hitting the like button on these videos um, on YouTube and and certainly subscribing to wherever you get your podcasts from. But um, you know, big first win for the Brian Kelly era. Um, obviously, LSU uh, wins by nearly you know. Uh, uh, I'm trying to do the math in my head. Oh, almost 50 points. Um, and, uh, you know, it was pretty much a, a flawless start, which was something that I think everybody wanted to see uh, from the Tigers after that kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of a disappointment in terms of, uh, you know, discipline and execution that we saw against Florida State. So, um, you know, I just, I guess for me to start off with just a couple of 
quick takeaways that I had from this one. I thought that, you know, LSU really came out well and started fast. That was something that we wanted to see. Um, you know, Coach Kelly really talked all week about LSU playing with a sense of urgency, and I think he certainly saw that really from the opening kick when LSU was able to force that fumble uh, on the opening kickoff and really put themselves in a great position to score uh, early. Um, you know, I thought Jaden Daniels, um, you know, was flawless as a starting quarterback. You know, he 10 of 11, three touchdowns, another rushing touchdown uh, for Jaden. Um, you know, offense did what it was supposed to. Defense did what it was supposed to against a Southern opponent. You really expected LSU to come in and handle quite easily. Um, I'm not sure we expected it to be a historic 37-point first quarter, uh, which is the most points LSU has ever scored in the first quarter. So, uh, that that had a little bit of a, a history behind it. But, um, Dylan, I guess just kind of what were your overall takeaways from the game yesterday uh, and just, you know, about this team, I guess, after two weeks? Um, it was a much, much better showing against Southern. And, you know, obviously LSU should have destroyed Southern last night. It shouldn't have been close. Um, but you could never – really know in college football and you still have to come out and execute the game plan and it seemed to be a perfect game plan for the starters uh who they were able to sit three minutes into the second quarter which i don't know if i've ever seen um that was crazy um but yeah it it was overall just a a much much better look Jaden obviously showed I think we saw for from both quarterbacks last night why Jaden's the starting quarterback yeah. and why there's no quarterback controversy and why, you know, I think we know who the guy is going to be this year. Yep. Um, I will say about Jaden, um, he did have one play where he missed Kayshawn Booty open in the end zone for a touchdown, but it was on the play where he scrambled for a touchdown. So that's really where I'm at with Jaden. It's he scrambles a lot, but I would rather a quarterback that scrambles a lot but still picks up yards off of it than someone who is a little bit more reckless with the ball because he is he is not reckless at all. I mean, no turnovers through two games. No, I, I think so, and I think one of the signs of growth I think we even saw yesterday was really uh, on that last passing touchdown in particular – he scrambled, you know, the pocket broke down on him for a little bit. He was able to scramble, extend the play. And instead of immediately breaking into his running and, you know, where he probably could have scored an easy touchdown anyway, he looked, you know, in the end zone and he found a wide open Jack Besh for about a 16 or 17 yard touchdown. And I think that was a really good sign of growth from him in terms of being able to stay in the pocket, keep your head up, uh, get out of the pocket and still make that throw uh, really on the run. That was a kind of a awkward throw that he made and was able to complete to Jack Besh, which was uh, really, really impressive to see. Um, I thought he was great. And and like he said, I think, you know, after watching both quarterbacks, you know, last night, you really get a sense of why Jaden is going to be the starter here. Um, You know, uh, Nussmeyer had his moments, but he also, you know, there were, there were two plays there that really just are kind of unforgivable in those two interceptions in terms of just discipline and, you know, it was those were two plays that Nussmeyer really told us that he's worked really all offseason to try to eliminate. And so, you know, he's still a young quarterback. He still doesn't have a lot of experience under his belt. And that might have been a situation where 
you know, the backup was just trying to do a little bit too much in a, in a blowout game, blowout situation. But, uh, yeah, to have a 94-yard interception return uh, against, you know, against you there, uh, you know, on a, a Southern team that hadn't scored the scored in, you know, scored the, the whole game yet. So uh, that was a little bit disappointing to see from Nussmeyer. Um, I was also very interested, and we can touch on this a little bit, about some of the personnel changes they made yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they went uh, with a different look on the offensive line. Um, you know, they had Miles Frazier at right tackle. They had Charles Turner at center. Um, and they had Garrett Dellinger at left guard uh, with Bradford at right guard and Will Campbell at left tackle. Um, that was a different look than we that we had seen kind of the last, you know, couple weeks of fall I'd camp. I'd say ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, we had seen back in the spring that Charles Turner was, you know, getting a lot of the reps at center because I don't think mm-hmm. they had figured that out yet. Um, and Dellinger was getting a lot of looks at guard. Um, but they hadn't – I mean, back in the spring they had no – they had not settled in on any kind mm-hmm. of consistent rotation. And so uh, when they got back in the fall, I thought that was, you know, a really interesting kind of development there. You know, Coach Kelly said after the game they liked the – the, the smarts that, that Charles Turner brings to the center position. There was certainly a calmness that I think that he brought that LSU really liked. Um, they liked the the big physicality that, that Miles Frazier can bring at the right tackle spot. Um, and they liked the same thing with Dellinger on the inside at guard. You know, they think he has a lot of athleticism that can help them there at guard. So um, I would probably expect that to be a pretty consistent rotation moving forward. Um, you know, I, I, it worked really well against Southern. We'll see how well it works against a <laughs> SEC opponent next week against Mississippi State. But, um, I, you know, they had a couple other changes in there. Was there anything that really kind of, you know, stood out to you? I know Harold Perkins was one, and then they had some some secondary changes as well. Just just talk about, you know, some of the things that might have stood out to you in terms of their personnel. Yeah, I was uh, really glad to see them actually use Harold Perkins as that Jack linebacker uh, a little bit when I, with B.J. Ojolari out of the game. Um, and another person who I think, given a more of a spotlight, uh, really showed out was Micah Baskerville. I think Micah Baskerville certainly earned extra playing time uh, as he did have that pick six which was just a really good play by him. And then uh, the blocked punt on special teams. Uh, So with him being given a bigger role, he definitely took advantage of that. And I think that's kind of what Micah Baskerville has always been. He's more, more of a game, a gamer. Like he, he, you can never question his production in the game. Uh, So I think they just needed to get him playing more than like 15 snaps or whatever uh, he played last week. I think it was, less than that last week. Yeah, he played like six, six snaps last week. You you give him some more playing time, give him some opportunity to show. Um, and I think uh, I think they could – I think we'll see a lot more Micah Baskerville against Mississippi State. No, I, I agree. And I think probably one of the things that I was looking at defensively uh, or one of the questions that I had kind of internally was – what does LSU do now that they've lost probably their best athlete of the, of, of their entire defense in Mason Smith? And how do they go about maybe not recreating him, but just finding ways to get a lot of their athletes out on the field at the same time? And I think you kind of saw it yesterday with um, with Perkins playing that more uh, kind of edge rusher role. He was able to get into the backfield a couple times. He had about seven tackles. I think he led the team in tackles yesterday. Um I was really interested to see how they would look for, you know, in, in their formations that they had a, 
uh, a bunch of times there where they lined up with three down linemen and then they had uh, Perkins on the outside. They had Savion Jones standing up a lot last night, which I thought was really interesting. Um, you know, instead of having his feet kind of in the ground, his hands in the ground, um, you know, I, I really liked what they did. Um, again, it's, it's against Southern. So you can only take that with as much a, a grain of salt as you can, but you know, there's some things there that if you're able to get your athletes out on the field, um, I think LSU has a really good opportunity here um, to show just just how potent they can be defensively. I think there's a lot of things that they can work with uh, schematically moving forward uh, with, with having an extra linebacker, having an extra member of the secondary out there. I think you can do a lot more uh, with your defense going forward. Yeah, and I think it's – I think it's worth noting that they showed a little bit uh, differently on offense as well. Uh, you saw a much more concerted effort to get Kayshawn Booty the ball early, um, and it worked out. Uh, he got open a lot. Uh, he they had that uh, they had he had a rush for forty one yards um, on that end around. That was, you know, a player like Kayshawn, you have to get him the ball as many ways as possible. That's just kind of where football is going. The 49ers kind of revolutionized it. But uh, I think we'll see Kayshawn getting used a lot of different ways. Um, I don't think it's going to – I don't think we're going to see another issue like we saw the first week, uh, the first game together that uh, it's not – it wasn't about, like, getting one person the ball. But having Kayshawn get involved early um, really does open up so much more for you to do. Yeah, I mean, I remember I asked Jaden, you know, after the game just about the concerted effort of getting Kayshawn the ball, and he pretty much told me, like, you know, you, an athlete like that, you have to get him the ball. You got to get him his touches in any way possible, and that was uh, a really good thing to see LSU kind of go to him early, really establish themselves early in that first quarter, and uh, really kind of get the, the starters off the field there by the early part of the second quarter, which was really nice. I also – Wanted to touch on the running backs a little bit. I thought it was really nice they were able to get the running game going a little bit more uh, than they did last week. Um, again, you take everything with a grain of salt, given that it's Southern. But I, I thought that the you know Armani Goodwin had some really you know physical runs uh, between the tackles. I thought he looked really good. Uh, I thought that uh, Noah Kane had a couple of good moments out there as well. So just getting more balance to the offense, I think is something else she's going to want to try to do here uh, in the next several weeks, really establish their identity uh, and being a solid run team. And now you get John Emery back. You know, I think Emery's going to be able to provide a nice little change of pace in terms of uh, what he can do out of the backfield, not only as a runner, but as a pass catcher as well. Um, you know, he was suspended those two games, but it sounds like LSU's kept him very involved the last couple of weeks of practice. So, um, he's going to be ready to go against Mississippi State, and I think uh, that's going to be a, a really big tool for them to utilize uh, in that game. Yeah, and uh, we saw um, the running game opening opening it up for the receivers. We saw Chris Hilton have a great game, uh, who led who tied tied the team in receptions, um, and again. Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas looked really good. Brian Thomas has been, I think, the surprise of the season. The dude gets open and has looked really, really good through two games so far. 
Yeah, he had a nice double move yesterday for almost mm-hmm. for a touchdown um, that he got one of the Southern cornerbacks on. Uh, yeah, he's somebody you got to utilize. You got to utilize all these receivers, and they did a nice job spreading the ball around yesterday. I thought, which was good, which was what you wanted to see uh, against mm-hmm. a team like Southern. So, um, you know, I guess with that, I mean, that was pretty much all the big takeaways we had from the game. Um, I do think we should probably touch on just maybe the craziness of yesterday in terms of college football and why it was so nice to see LSU not have any problems, you know, really from the get-go. Um, you had a number of upsets yesterday, uh, Texas A&M losing. Uh, you had Baylor losing late in the night. You had Notre Dame kicking it off with a, a, with a crazy loss as well. Um, just absolute chaos against really some – uh, you know, a couple group, you know, kind of FCS teams, you know, that they were playing too. So yeah, there were there were four FCS teams that beat FBS teams yeah. yesterday, which and, is and not crazy. just not just FBS teams, but highly regarded FBS yeah. teams as well. So, um, I mean, what was your takeaway just from the the day in general yesterday, and why this sport is so can be so crazy? Yeah, I mean, App State. Good for App State uh, beating Texas A&M. Really just, I don't know. And I think so. one of the bigger winners of yesterday was Brian Kelly. Like, it's, I mean, Brian Kelly wasn't Notre Dame's problem. Not that I think he ever really was Notre Dame's problem. Um, But it really showed in yesterday, because Brian Kelly would never lose to Marshall at home with that team. I'm just, that's just, it it never happened while he was there. I don't think there's any evidence pointing to the fact that it would happen. Um, yeah, that was awesome. I mean, that was awesome. Shout out Marshall. We are Marshall. Um, uh, Baylor BYU last night was crazy. Um, one of the, one of the bigger games that I think that has an impact on LSU is Kentucky beating Florida and Anthony Richardson reverting back. That dude is to last year. Yeah. The dude is it's either he's either Cam Newton or Brandon Harris. Like yeah. there's there's no in between. Yeah. There's that there's that really funny meme that goes around where it's the the stock market poll or something where it's just mm-hmm. up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, I feel like Anthony Richardson is just on that spectrum. You don't know which version you're gonna get. Uh, week in and week out with him, but um, you know, I, I I thought that was a really interesting game. Um, like you said, I, you know, Bama certainly kept it interesting with Texas to kind of kick things off as well. That was, I mean, to see Nick Saban's squad, you know, kind of have the most penalties that they've had since he's been there. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really eye opening. I think just in terms of. Uh, what that team's potential looks like, you know, this season, it certainly sounds like they have some discipline things that they got to work out penalty wise. Um, you know, I think we're going to learn a lot about LSU and we'll, we'll touch on it, I, I guess, starting now, but this, this first game against Mississippi state, this first sec game against Mississippi state, um, I think is going to show us a lot of just how much maybe this team has come in two weeks. We'll get a really good look at this secondary. They're going to be tested a lot. Um, we know that, Mike Mike Leach and the 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 air raid offense is you know nothing to joke at nothing to sneeze at so um, you know I guess just looking at this first SEC game um, what are some early takes that I guess you have or some early matchups you're going to be looking at uh, for this first Mississippi State game? 
Yeah, Mississippi State, they kind of struggled a little bit with Arizona for the first three quarters and then really pushed away in the fourth quarter. Um, This is definitely a a tough first SEC game. Uh, They're not going to be ranked, so maybe people won't take it as seriously as it will be, but this is a talented Mississippi State team. Actually, they might be ranked after yesterday. Who knows? (laughs) It's up in the air. Yeah, there's the so air. many teams that lost yesterday. <laughs> they might, they might get in, but yeah, uh, sneak in by the chin, uh, by the hair on their chinny chin chin. But uh, no, Will Rogers obviously very accurate, like runs that system very, very well. I mean, he had forty, like forty completions yesterday for three hundred yards. That shows you. They are going to attack the short yardage game. That's what they did last year against LSU. That's what they still do. That's just what Michael Leach does. Um, They use their passing game as their rushing game, really. Um, They don't try to push it down the field too, too much. They they had their longest reception last night was for 20 yards, so – they, yeah, they really don't do much. You, you know what you're going to get. And it's always the question of will Mike Leach's offense work in the SEC because it's a little bit easier to game plan for. Like, you know what's going to happen. There's not going to be any surprises, but it's going to come down to execution because LSU is going to have to execute because it, it is an easy game to let slip out of your hands. If you yeah. just let Mississippi State do whatever you want, I mean, they we we saw them pass for seven hundred yards against LSU two years ago. So yeah. it's it's just something where you're gonna have to come out and play smart and play physical and um, you get to the quarterback. No, I I agree. You know, we we kind of had this conversation on our board in the off season, but just what's one game that maybe not enough people are talking about that you think could give LSU some trouble? And my first answer was Mississippi State. I mean, we've seen it uh, the last two years. LSU's had some struggles against that team. Uh, they just narrowly escaped last year with a three point win, um, you know, on the road. But uh, you know, look, uh, Will Rogers threw it sixty two times last year against LSU. Um, you know, I think the the year that they threw it all over the secondary in 2020, they had close to 50 passing attempts. So you know what this game is going to be. It's going to highlight LSU's secondary, how much those guys can, uh, you know, we, we heard about the communication errors with the safeties, uh, you know, after the first week. How much can they shore that up um, against Mississippi State? Because you really, really can't afford – to have communication be an issue next week against Mississippi state. There's just, there's just no way. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I thought, you know, look, the cornerbacks, you know, Jark Bernard Converse, uh, Colby Richardson, Makai Garner, they've all looked pretty solid, I think through two weeks. Um, but major this, Burns had a really good day yesterday. Yeah. Major, major had a nice night last night. Um, but this is going to be a real test. This is going to be mm-hmm. really the, the gauge of which you really look at this secondary, I think looking, you know, at this season. And I think it's going to be um, a really big, big week for those guys. They're going to have to really um, lock in and practice and have a good game plan for Mississippi state. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup to follow really throughout the, throughout the week and certainly on Saturday as well. KG, yeah, uh, just KG Costello, 
uh, through for six through sixty times against LSU. Sixty. Okay, so the yeah. last two years LSU has gotten thrown against 60, 60 plus times uh, against uh, Mississippi State quarterbacks. So that's what you know what to expect with this team. Um, you know, I know they ran it a little bit more last night. I'm not sure if that was just how the game developed, but um, you yeah, know, they they had about you know twenty. 324 25 rushes something like that total um but they're they're gonna they're gonna rely heavily on that passing attack and it's going to be on lsu's secondary to really have a good game plan for those guys um so i guess with that uh, i think that's pretty much all we wanted to touch on this morning um dylan i'm glad we get to get our sleep in a little bit more we get to watch (laughs) the saints football uh, on this Sunday, I know that's something we're both really looking forward to. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll some see LSU that. Tigers making their debuts. Yes, absolutely. Tyron uh, you see, yeah, Tyron Matthew there. was uh, warming up in a Deion Sanders shirt. In, no, I didn't see that. In, in Atlanta, so wow. Shade, major shade being <laughs> thrown by the honey badger there, uh, but wouldn't have it any other way. So. Nope. Uh, yeah, with that, uh, we'll get you guys out of here. Uh, like I said, make sure you guys are liking and subscribing on YouTube and all of our podcast forums. But um, with that, I'm Glenn West. He's Dylan Sanders, and we'll certainly see you guys very soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.